you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. And with Daniel Jeremiah feeling that aloha (laughs) spirit, they figured they needed to track down the stiffest white guy in the building to sit in his chair today with you, Bucky But you're not, though. You're not, though. You like the marathon guy. You Uh, like the super fast guy. I I like to perpetuate the myth that I'm as white as anybody in this building. Super, super, super light. Who who do you think is whiter, Bucky? Daniel Jeremiah or, uh, or your guy right here? Who's the whiter guy? Man, you know, that's tough, see, because I don't know if so many people know about your music background. That kind of throws me. Yeah. Throws me for a little. So I can't call you just straight uh, Wonder Bread. You're Did like, I ever tell you the iced tea story? Oh, have I ever told that story to you? No, you have All right, I'll do it real quick. I, just straight I, out the gate real quick. So I'm working at Island Records. Uh, Public Enemy <laughs> makes a comeback. Remember the song, Give It Up? Give It Up. Give It Up. Give yeah, It Up, y'all. So yeah. we were, I worked that record. So we have a record release party at the Hollywood Athletic Club, which is uh, right on – uh, Sunset Boulevard, it's like a seven-layer pool hall, bars all over the place, and it's great. Everybody comes out because who doesn't like Public Enemy and Chuck D and Absolutely. Flavor Flav, and we're all excited they're making a comeback. Because uh, if you don't – so just to kind of give you a little backstory, Def Jam was part of Island. So I worked with a lot of those Def Jam guys, and it was so much fun to have them around the office for the most part. Leo Cohn was nuts and scared the hell out of me. But <laughs> save that as an aside – so we're at this uh, record release party, and Ice-T is there, and he's super nice. And, and I had been around him a few different times, very engaging, smart guy, great conversation. And he's sitting on a couch, and he's kind of holding court, and he's telling <laughs> stories. And this stiff, white guy record exec comes up, and he goes, Tracy, my man! And he holds his hand out to shake him, and Ice-T goes, who to blank you calling Tracy? Who? And, and it's just like happy days record scratch. I mean, everybody stops talking. It almost felt like the music cut out. And he goes, who who you think you are coming up in here in front of all these people? Like, like we're some kind of close friends that you can call me Tracy in front of all these folks? Oh, oh yo, yo, Tracy, come on. Don't, don't be like, here's what I'm going to have you do. You're going to turn around. You're going to walk out that door. Oh, we're going to start over? He goes, start again? No, he goes, you're going to walk out that door, and you're going to leave this party. Because if I see you in any – and remember, this is like nine different rooms you can go in. He goes, because if I get up from here and I see you in any one of these rooms, we got a problem. <laughs> and the guy is standing – and this is a high-level record exec. And he's standing there, and he's like, all right, Ice, you're going to be like that? Fine. And that's exactly how he said it is this white guy. All right, Ice, if that's how it's going to be. And he turned around and walked out and left the freaking party. You could hear the record scratch. Oh, yeah. Tracy. For sure. Who are you calling Tracy? <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. All right. So, uh, yes, I'm the stiffest white guy here at the uh, – and I am not going to call Ice-T Tracy anywhere, anytime, any place. That's funny. He is Ice-T. Ice-T. All right. Uh, Bucky, today we have a couple things. It is uh, Thursday, June 1st, the NBA Finals. After about a nine-week layoff, we'll get underway. It is a 
the third meeting in a row between the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors. We have some good analysis there because Bucky, of course, played basketball at a very high level. I uh, happen to work with the Lakers and in the NBA for a while, and why wouldn't we weigh in on that with uh, a scout's eye? Because that's what you do here on Move the Sticks. Um, But before we get to our – and we're going to have some NFL-related content too – uh, as it pertains to the NBA Finals. Kind of maybe some comparisons. Who's the LeBron James of the NFL? Things like that. Not to mention Bucky put together uh, a starting five. Of starting five. NFL players. One, two, three, four, five. That if you were to make a superstar team from the NFL to go, let's say, let's say instead of Ice Cubes, not Ice T, but Ice Cubes Big Three tournament that he's got going on, if it were a Big Five tournament, this would right. be the NFL's team that they, they, they would submit. Be- there are a lot of football players that really think they're ballers now. There are a lot of guys that really think they could play at that next level. When you have, you know, when you can do something, and I don't care what job it is that you do, if you're if you're one of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent best accountants in the world, uh, attorneys, uh, heck, if you a chef, to, take any of those, and that's what athletes are. You know, professional athletes are the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the 7 billion people on the globe that can do that particular skill, they have egos. And they think not only can they do that skill at a high level. They can rap, too. They they can can rap. rap. They can sing. They can act. They can play other sports. That's just what goes with being that good at something. So uh, certainly would be no surprise when you go through this five that those guys think they probably could enter some sort of semi-pro tournament and do some damage. But before we get to that, Bucky, it is OTA season. And OTA season, I think, for the casual fan and for the layperson is confusing. Because I don't, I don't think they know what OTAs are. Like exactly, they they see guys in helmets, and they don't recognize that that really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that they're wearing a helmet doesn't really mean a whole lot based on what well, it is that they're doing. So why don't we start with that? As someone who's are, been through are, multiple, OTAs? multiple OTAs, explain what they are and what a coaching staff is doing with its roster at OTAs. This is the fun part of the offseason for coaches, scouts, and even the players. Um, OTAs are organized team activities. And so the the CBA has changed the rules when it comes to phase one, phase two of the offseason. The first part of uh, what you do, you're able to go out on the turf, but you can't interact or mingle with the uh, – scout team defense or anything you're just kind of working in groups and working on air otas in layman's terms practice they actually get an opportunity to practice so you get a chance to do one-on-ones you get a chance to go 11 on 11 seven on seven and kind of not live but you have an opportunity with your helmets on but with shorts and your uh shirts on your jerseys on you get to go and run through practice and so um this is exciting because now you get to put everything that you wanted to put into practice, you get a chance to put it on tape. You get to see the players run around. The quarterbacks get to throw to their wideouts. They get to throw against the defense. They get to see all these things that everyone has worked on in the offseason as their projects. We finally get a chance to see them kind of play out in front of everyone's eyes. And for the young guys, the rookies that are coming in, we get a chance to see them compete not only against the rookies, but we get to see – them work with and against the veterans. So now you kind of get just a snapshot potentially of what they could be and how they could contribute during the season. So it's really an exciting time for everyone to look at. I mean, from a functional standpoint, it's really just installation. It's install and it's practice. Right. It's install. It's, 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 it's install and practicing that install. So I, I guess what I'm getting at here is 
when, you know, and, and look, NFL reporters have a job to do. And in the offseason, yeah. the NFL is now a, a 365-day sport, regardless of it only being played over the course of five or six months, at the well, five months if you're lucky enough to go all the way to a Super Bowl. Um, so they need to find stories. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to say that someone has progressed, that, oh, Jared Goff is measurably better this uh. year. And to my answer to that would be, well, I hope he is. He was a rookie last year who had never seen a playbook, who had never played in an NFL style. So I would hope he's better, but that's not really something I would assume that people ought to get too excited about, that he's much better off in this OTA than he was last year. I would say that you would like to see him continue to progress. Um, the biggest part of OTAs, whether it's a new coaching staff or players that are returning from their first season to their second season, you want to see the level of progress that they're able to make. Um, the game should begin to slow down for the young players. It's different because last year, I mean, these guys had kind of overtrained. They went from playing their last college football game to doing all the combine and all the stuff leading up to the draft to being thrust into OTAs and minicamps. They really get a chance to refine their skills. This year they come back, have an opportunity to have played a full season, um, to work on some selected things in the offseason and see if they could put them in practice into OTAs. Um, listening to Dan Quinn, he was on a couple of TV shows and he was talking about having a point of attack tape for all of his players, meaning that every player on the Falcons roster that returned, they gave um, a set of objectives that they wanted those guys to accomplish, to work on their game and see if they could get better at. And so during OTAs, you want to see how much have these guys progressed from the previous year. In Jerry Goff's case, does he have a mastery of an offense? Even though it's new, does he look more comfortable either running the huddle, uh, barking out the signals at the line of scrimmage? Is he a better leader than he was as a first-year starter? All of those things. So I do believe you have to keep it in perspective, but there are some things that you can take away from OT. I'll, so I'll take the flip side of that with the other team in town, the Los Angeles Chargers. And Mike Williams is dealing with an injury. He has missed all of the OTAs. And both Anthony Lynn and Phillip Rivers have said, look, it's not that big of a deal, but it's still not great. You know, for as complicated as our offense is, the reads that he wants, the adjustments we want him to make, it'd be really nice if he were out here doing this, and, and well, it'd be a shame if he fell too far behind. Absolutely. I mean, you would like to see those guys. The rookies especially. The rookies especially. You would like to see them at the OTAs. It's a little different with the vets because OTAs are voluntary, so everyone doesn't have to show up. But with your young guys, you want your young guys to show up. You want them to learn the basics of the offense because this is kind of the jumping point for training camp, meaning – um, typically each team will install their offense or defense three times during the offseason. They'll install it prior to minicamp, they'll install it in OTAs, and then they'll reinstall it again the first couple weeks of training camp. So if you're Mike Williams and you maybe miss rookie minicamp, you're missing OTAs, you may make maybe the mandatory minicamp, but if you don't, Training camp would be the first time that you installed or that you really had an opportunity to kind of master the offense. And for guys coming out of college, the complexities of NFL offenses and defenses requires a lot of reps, and you don't have as many reps as you used to have because there's a time limit on the amount of time that you can spend on the field. So, yes, he can fall behind. He can make some of that ground up, but every day that he's not able to kind of put his cleats in the grass – is one day that he falls behind, and it makes it harder for him to be able to carve out a big role as a rookie without that experience. So uh, in, in terms of maybe what we're, we're trying to learn, um, and, and again, I'll just because why wouldn't I focus on the quarterback position, you know, what Sheldon Richardson was saying 
about Christian Hackenberg that oh you know he's got a cannon and but he's still not quite accurate like what <laughs> what are the Jets trying to figure out at OTAs they don't have a starting quarterback yet maybe it'll be Josh, Josh McCown. McCown maybe Josh McCown's you know, the starting quarterback I think they'd like it to be you know Bryce Petty or or <laughs> or Christian Hackenberg I think that'd probably be better for them if they could get out of you know, training camp with one of those two guys having stuck their head up um, and or raised their hand, I should say, and say it's me. Yeah. Um, so, what is there anything that that a, that a coaching staff is looking for at OTAs from that quarterback position? If let's say it's an it's an open competition, Chicago with with the number two pick, or Houston with Savage and Deshaun, can any of those things be started to get sorted out here in OTAs? Uh, you can begin the conversation depending on how quick the quarterback masters the verbiage, masters the terminology and the concepts that are being used. You also want to see does he have a, a command of the huddle? Does he have a command of the offense at the line of scrimmage depending on how many checks and audibles you've already incorporated into the playbook, into the plan? Um, what I want to see when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at all of that stuff, but when the ball is snapped, I want to see – if his eyes or feet are connected, meaning that does he make progressions? Can he find his first receiver, then his second receiver? Does the ball come out? More importantly, does the ball hit the ground? When you go to an NFL practice, you've been to a bunch of them. When you see those elite quarterbacks, the ball doesn't pretty much hit the ground. Tom Brady probably finishes the practice day going 28 for 30 uh, on the day when it comes to 7 on 7 in team periods. You want to see your young quarterback um, – progress to the point where they're completing a high percentage of their passes, meaning in uh, drills where we're talking about on air, you would like to think the quarterback is 100% complete completion rate when it's just Rouse on air, Gathorn to the quarterback. When we go seven on seven, the ideal rate is probably about 80, 85% in practice because you just want the ball to come out, find a check down, get it. When you get to 11 on 11, you would like to see him complete about 70% of the passes because even though there's a rush, it's still different. If your quarterback is very efficient, they should be able to hit those benchmarks. And if they're hitting those benchmarks, you feel really, really good about how they're progressing each and every day. So is there anything that we heard from OTAs that has jumped out at you, anything that you're buying into? Like let's just pick a few players or storylines that – that you've heard through the course of OTAs. Brock Osweiler. Okay. Brock that Hugh, Osweiler. That Hugh Jack has said that he's a, been a pleasant surprise. Been a pleasant surprise. And I think um, it's easy to forget and kind of chalk Brock up to being a bust or a flame out based on how he performed in Houston. I won't put all of his uh, failures on him directly because I don't believe that the coach staff did a great job of setting him up for success based on how they played, how they schemed it, how they diagrammed the offense. Um, to not necessarily fit the strengths of his game. In Cleveland, he would get every opportunity, I think, to be the starting quarterback. Even though Cody Kessler has been talked about being the start, and Hugh Jackson certainly has a love affair with the former SC quarterback, Brock Osweiler is a guy that started in the league, even though it's been short. He basically led a team to a Super Bowl, filling in for Peyton Manning, and there has to be something to be said for that. I thought it was a worthwhile venture for them to not only trade for him, but when they traded for him, give him a shot in the offseason and see if there's anything there because he developed there was something that people saw to make him a $16, $17 million quarterback, at least kick the tires on him. And based on what you're hearing, he is being okay. Is that enough to up uh, to kind of supplant Cody Kessler as a starter? We don't know. But I think it's positive that it sounds like he's looked pretty good in OTAs. 
All right. Uh, before we shift to our NBA Finals slash uh, You're not NFL. really a big fan of OTAs. No, I am. I just don't know what to make of it. Like, yeah. that, that's a thing. Like, when, when no I hear. No one says anybody looks bad at OTAs. When I hear football players talk about the levels of practice, you know, no full pads oh, or all oh, half pads. Oh, you God, don't have we, pads we, on. That's what I'm saying. So okay. I would always hear about the celebration that basically you're doing nothing when they say, hey, man, helmets and shorts. And everyone's like, woo. Yeah. When I, I hear that, fast. I'm like, okay, so what exactly is going on? It's for different yeah. levels. So everyone yeah. has a different agenda. When you want the top 10 guys on the roster, uh, OTAs don't mean as much to you. So if you're the Carolina Panthers, you're Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis. I mean, you're out there. You're just trying to make sure that um, we got everything down on defense. Everyone, the chemistry is kind of coming together. We're kind of flowing to the ball and those things. When you're a young guy, you're trying to make a team. When you're when you're 37, ready. when you're 54 through 90. You, I mean, you're hustling. OTAs or it's something. It's game day. I got you. You're flying to the ball. You're busting around. You're yeah. trying to um, flash enough to kind of stay around long enough to get to training camp. So that's the main thing. When you're a bubble guy, you're just trying to make it to the next uh, – if we're swimming in the ocean, you're trying to make it to the next buoy. Right. You're just trying to get – okay, if I'm, I'm in OTAs, I want to make give myself a chance to get to training camp. If I'm training camp, I want to get to the preseason game. If I'm in preseason game one, let's get to two and three and four and see if we can make the regular season roster. You just want to do enough – to keep yourself in the conversation when it comes down and to it, competition, and, and that will be decided. Sully? And if you're a rookie, I mean, that that's an opportunity to really stand out to the vets. I know one of your guys, Bucky, has been getting some buzz out of Dallas. And, and oh, Ron Switzer? There yeah. you go. Oh, Cole Beasley part yeah, two. Dak Prescott said he's said he's really standing out, so that's, I mean, he's that's a, tar heel. a good sign. Yeah, he's exactly. A tar heel. He's been coached well. Gunther Brewer set him up. He's a good route runner, and he's a nice fit for what they do. In OTAs, skill guys are the ones that can show out because – they're away from the ball. When, when the pass come on, it doesn't necessarily change right. as much for them. Big bodies inside, you can't really tell what they're doing because they don't have pads on. It's not contact. Sully, there's a better there is a better uh, camp story, by the way, than uh, <laughs> yeah. than than Cole Beasley part two, and that is the kicking showdown in Tampa. Oh my goodness! Between oh, oh my goodness! What's up, my guy? What's up, what's up, my guy? Oh, you didn't hear about yesterday? Oh, uh, it's it's Thursday when we're doing this. Apparently. And, and, you know, what the heck do I know about place kickers and how they decide which one they're going to keep and which one they're going to let go? They're all so darn good at this level. It's I would assume you're just kind of splitting hairs. So the Bucks put Aguayo and Nick Folk uh, through an eight-and-a-half wide upright. Oh, tighten, it, tighten it down a little t- bit? Yeah, from I think 35 yards out or something like that. Uh, and then they took them out to 45 yards, right? Ooh. So I believe, and I don't want to uh, – slander the young man by getting these stats wrong. But I believe Aguayo, remember who they traded up into the second round to draft oh, just see, last just so year. Mad. Just so mad. It's a second round pick. Just last year, second, though. Well, it just it was pick. odd because, Bucky, we've been covering the combine for how long in the draft? And we knew that, like, hey, this is as much hype as around this kid. If you look at his numbers, there's really nothing there. I mean, this is not one of the better kickers to come out of college sport. football. Um, but he was didn't have a big leg. He actually wasn't that accurate. It was the year before he came out when he had the really good season. Sure. So anyway, uh, Folt goes a perfect nine for nine. Nine for nine. Uh, on the four attempts through the eight and a half, and then when they kicked you out, regular uprights from 45, a perfect nine for nine. Mm. Aguayo goes one for four. <sighs> through the eight and a half. One for four. They only gave him four attempts? Well, no, that's it. So he goes one for four there, and then you get the five from 45, and I think he meant three for five there. So I believe he was three for – he was he was four for nine. Folk was nine for nine. There's a certain other podcast Ow. that we uh, that I work Ow. on over here. Um, Who is might, it? Might be ATN, but with Dan's all over this, and we made the, these drops for, uh, for this kicker showdown. Aguayo. Folk. 
two men enter, one man lives. Or one man stays employed. Yeah. You know, I think I think Aguayo will continue to uh, to uh, walk the earth. I just right. don't know whether or not he will be employed by an NFL football team. <laughs> it's it's tough being Aguayo I'm, I'm, when I'm, when you have that type of pressure on you, a team trading up into the second round. It's only it's only the pressure because a team traded up right. to get a kicker. If However, they just if they just drafted him in the second round and didn't trade multiple picks to get him, I think they would have said, "Hey." However, I would say the kickers are arguably one of the more valuable players on the team because they're the biggest point scorer. They sure. lead the team in scoring points. So Look at the tight like games have, Tampa was in last year. You like to have a dependable kicker that can knock it through. Right now, I would say what they have done, they kind of screwed them up. And I actually talked to a kicker this offseason. Uh, who's my kicker who used to play in Cleveland, San Francisco? Is it Phil Dawson? Yeah, Dawson. Played at Texas. Did he play at University of Texas? Mm, I mean, he's been he's been in the league forever. I think he played at He's University like 50 Texas. years old. Yeah, Phil, Phil Dawson. I was, yeah, he was at Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was at a camp. So he said – There you go, hook him. Here is where they messed up. So everyone wants to show off the shiny new toy in rookie minicamp. So you got the kicker that you invested in. You get a second-round pick. You want to say, hey, well, we're smarter than you. We're Watch gonna have this guy. And they started him out too far. He said what they should have done, like if you think about it in basketball – you always start out with Mike and Drill yep. or Oak and Drill where you're just shooting layups or whatever. They should have tried him out there, had him kick 25, 30-yard field goals to get used just to banging just him through. See it go through. It's almost like when we're playing golf. Like you just want to kind of putt from close to yep. see it see it go in the hole. See him. But they put him out there, so he missed a couple. So now the confidence thing. Then you got all the beat writers out right. there, everyone talking. And so the pressure continues to build. And he says, like, look, the, the kid was probably a pretty good kid, but – it's all confidence. It's all confidence. You mentioned golf, man. Golf is it's all ninety percent confidence. Just knocking in. I, mean, yep. I don't know if I don't know if Sully Sully, you're, are you a golfer or not? I do golf from time to time. I mean, are you any good though? Like, no, I'm terrible. Think, yeah. oh, okay, see that's that's the thing. Like you stand over go, that putt, you better hit it. Right. So better hit it. Be confident in your line. And and watch has, it go in. Everyone has a routine when you first get yep. to the course. You go to the driving range. I'm a guy that I don't. I see guys take the big bucket. Nah, I don't need just just him. Just trying to get loose. That's right. I'm gonna go to the green. I'm a chip and I'm a putt. And I'm a putt, small going in. I'm going to start real close. Dink, 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 yep. dink, dink. Then I'm going to work my way out to get a little confidence. Sure. So now when I get to the course, I feel it. Same thing with kickers. That's why kickers are typically your best golfers on the team because so much of it is the same stroke rhythm and all that. So a guy, I'm, I'm pulling for a guy to get it turned around yep. to see if he can do it because they did put a second-round pick. And I just know internally those second-round players have to hit. So – He's going to have to be awful in the preseason to get cut in this job. I'll tell you what I'm pulling for, Buck. Oh, you're pulling for drama. No. You're pulling for storyline. I am pulling for – I learned everything. I am pulling for September 2nd. I am pulling for the Varsity Grill and a delicious double cheeseburger in one hand and a walk to that brand-new stadium in Atlanta to watch Alabama and Florida State play. Oh, yeah? And I'll be down there that weekend, too. You're going to be there, uh, Sully? But for the Monday game. Ah, uh, yes. Vols in the Vols in the – How about Vegas. that freaking open to the season that we get – Essentially, number one versus number two in Florida State and Alabama to kick off the season. That's what I'm talking about. I know. We're going to take this back to our old uh, Draft Tracker podcast. Yeah. Right. The 247 yeah, podcast. Too. And looking at that Alabama-Florida State game, the best player on the field in that game is going to be Derwin James, the safety, number three. Right. He is a, freak. a monster. He is a guy that I've compared to a mix of Jamal Adams and Reuben Foster. So if you understand what both of those guys are. They're okay. That is what Duran James is on the field. He's a freak show on the turf. But then when you expand beyond 
Derwin James, and you look at some of the other guys, Nandy, the defensive tackle that plays for Florida State, that is a monster. They have a freshman running back, Cam Akers, who is outstanding. The quarterback, Francois, comes back right. and is going to be terrific. Alabama. Not to Jalen Hurts. And oh, the, Jalen Hurts. The Hurts-Francois head-to-head is going to be fun. It's going to be good if Most Jalen Hurts is the starting amazing. quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be oh, the come on now. quarterback. Come on. Come on. SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and you're going to bench him. I'm, I'm just saying, there's a kid down there. West Tua. Tugavai. Yeah. yeah. Is really, really take good. Oh, he – he didn't want to go to FAU with Lane when Lane left. Uh, he, didn't, no, no, he, didn't, no. he didn't want to follow him. <laughs> Woo. Woo. He decided to Joey stay. Saltwater. Yeah. And there's a wide receiver down there. Like everyone is excited about Kevin Calvin Ridley. And yep. Calvin Ridley is following in the shadows of Amari Cooper. But there's another receiver, Jerry Judy, freshman from South Florida, who has a game that is eerily similar to Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley. He'll get an opportunity to play star of the spring game. There's a running back out from out this way, Najee Harris. Yes. Najee freshman Harris. Who, who gets an opportunity to play. And that doesn't even count the, the old guys that they have, Minka Fitzpatrick and on and on. So you're going. I mean, I, I, I feel like we're, 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 trying to talk, we're trying to talk uh, the higher-ups to take this show. See if we can take, take it on the, show, take the show. Yeah, the no, you take have to go road. to that game. Like, right. How do you not go? Not to mention it's in Atlanta. Is that Freak right. Nick weekend? Oh, can you, yeah. Like <laughs> – I, I don't know if DJ. I don't know if DJ can handle all that. <laughs> right? <laughs> that might be. That might be a little much. All right. Uh, that was our little uh, flashback to our draft tracker podcast. Talk a little uh, college football there. Let's shift. Uh, but before we shift, uh, Bucky, you know all about me undies and uh, how me undies is next level underwear. Next level. You know, it's really, really, really soft. I don't know if you had though. That, I'm wearing them right now. I mean, super soft. Yeah. Um, made from sustainably sourced. Was it micromodal? Micromodal. Yeah. I'm, not even, micromodal. I'm not even looking at the read. I just we've been doing it for so long that it's it's a long time. Fabric three times softer than than wow, softer than cotton. Yes. Me undies, softer than soft lux undies. You feel you the have, fabric. You can't you can't believe how light it is. You like, look like man, a you look so like a light. panda bear guy. I, that's exactly right. That's a I uh, I was gonna compare it to something, but it wouldn't be the right comparison because it's underwear. But just uh, whatever it is that your mind gravitates to, the softest <laughs> the softest thing on earth. That is what this micromodal feels like uh, yeah. from me undies. I like it. Ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And you know what my personal style is? Active. I'm very, an active man. Very, I very, move a lot. Very active. I would think that you'd be more of a camouflage, commando-type guy, but no, maybe not. No chafing with the micromodal, man. No. That's what I like about the me undies. Uh, but this is what I love about it. You can save time and money each, each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready to commit... Maybe your commitment phobe, like Sully may appear to be. Certainly. It's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. How do you lose? How do you lose with that? Give it a try. Get a single pair. You get 20% off. Uh, revamp that underwear drawer because it's Me Undies, and they are the finest underwear on the planet. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL 2017. They have a pizza pattern that comes in a pizza box. Hey, How do you turn that down? Listen, single man. Yeah. For us uh, married dopes in here, here's <laughs> what I'll tell you. I don't care if it's a pizza pattern. I don't care if it's pandas. I don't care if it's uh, bright. Let's say it's wine. I don't care if it's wine, wine color. Yeah. 
It's all about that fabric. That's right. Oh, it feels so good against your skin. They really are the best darn underwear out there. All right, Bucky. Uh, NFL, NBA Finals begin tonight. We're recording this on June 1st, Thursday. That's right. It's going down. What uh, what order do you want to do this in? Do you want to do your starting five of NFL players? Do we want to do comparisons of who the stars of this matter. series? It doesn't matter. Roll out the ball. Roll out the ball. Just roll out the ball. I can go whichever way you want to take right. it. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we do a little – why don't we do a little uh, NBA center? You know what? We've been talking NFL. Give us your team. Let's let's uh, let's share with the listeners the finest NFL players at the sport of basketball, at the game of basketball. If you were to field an all-star team of NFL players and you had to submit them to some sort of semi-pro, like I said, imagine it's the Ice Cube Big Three, but it's now a Big Five tournament. You want a million bucks if you win it all. This is the team you want to put together of of uh, NFL players. All-time team? What are we doing right now? Whatever what you choose, current players. Current I'll, yeah, players. let's go current players. Yeah. Let's go current players. Well, I mean, current players like based on the guys I have on the list. I'm gonna start with the Tar okay. Heel because I'm a guy that believes you got to start with the big man first. How about Julius Peppers? Okay, Julius Peppers from the Carolina Panthers now, by way of the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers and Carolina Panthers back Again, now. Look, this is a guy that played in the Final Four, big time rebounder, super athletic. He shouldn't have played in the Final um, Four. I was at that Tennessee I mean, game. I mean, he was nice. Oh, God. <laughs> Big you time and your player. balls. And you need size at that center position, and it's going to be hard to find anybody taller than Julius Peppers that's that athletic to, yeah. to anchor the middle. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Then, then if I go to power forward, how about Antonio Gates? I know Antonio Gates is old, and I have visions of Antonio Gates being on the side, kind of like Larry Bird laying on his stomach, the ice on the back. But every now and then he can come in and give me a little yep. Adrian Dantley post play. Yep. Played at where? Kent State? Played at Kent played State, Golden Flash. State. I think it led him to yeah. 88 yep. or something. And yeah. if, and yeah. if you ask him, he would tell you that, look, I, I wasn't one of those guys just out there kind of oh, no. the ball out. He was a baller. I'm a baller. I'm yeah. a scorer. Oh, yeah. I can put it in the hole. So, go with that. So we go with him power forward. Small forward, Jimmy Graham. Right. University of Miami. Miami. Comes in, you know, got out of Goldsboro, kind of close to me. Comes down there. It was a guy that was a legitimate basketball player, made his way to the football team very late in his career, has some success. So I'll go with Jimmy Graham at three. DeAndre Hopkins, Houston Texans. New Hopkins. Look, New Hopkins, people don't notice this. South Carolina, he was a baller. If you look up his stats in high school, you're talking about an over 20-point-per-game score. Guy who had, over, title. had over 1,000 rebounds, 400 assists, all kinds of steals. This is a legitimate playmaker. Okay, he's your score. Good, good, luck, good luck getting a rebound over him. He's no, going no. up and getting that. Yeah, well, you can tell by the way he plays football that he's a guy that really plays a Got some hops. And then I'm going to go with Quentin Rollins. I know you're saying, who? Quentin Rollins was a legitimate basketball player at the Miami of Ohio. Didn't play football to his last year before he was MAC Defensive Player of the Year with eight interceptions. But those playmaking ability, those skills, his hands, his, his hand-eye coordination to go with his feet has made him a very, very nice cornerback in the league. But he was a legitimate point guard at Miami of Ohio. Okay. That's where I'm going. There we go. There's your uh, NFL starting five now before we get to our hardcore NBA Finals analysis, which we know is why you come to move the stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep it going. Let's go uh, NBA Finals, superstars. So figure LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin mm. Love, uh, Steph, Clay, Durant, Draymond. Mm. And NFL comparisons, I'll let you go first and see if we Ooh. differ on any of these. Or I'll go first. However, you might as well start with LeBron. Well, LeBron is a freak show. So if right. I'm going to go with a freak show, i got to go with a freak show athlete. And the freak show athlete that I would think about that comes to mind would be Cam Newton. Okay. I think Cam that's Newton, fair. Big, physically imposing, a guy that can kind of play a power game but has a kind of a nimble type feel to his his game. I think I think Cam Newton would See, be I, LeBron. James. That's that's probably the better. My mind went, went to Gronk because I think uncoverable. Just in, And not to mention Ooh. someone, you know, yeah. when it comes to those tight ends like Jimmy Graham – or Antonio Gates, 
Those aren't guys that like to get on the end of that line and wreck someone. No. But the fact that Gronk likes to get on the end of that line and he wreck somebody. Smash. He likes to smash. You know, that, that's kind of what reminds me of LeBron. It, okay. It's when, when you hit – and Cam Newton's the same thing. You know, when you play a team, what is the one guy that you're freaked out about because you don't have an answer for him? Cam Newton, I think Gronk are probably the one and two in the league when it comes to impact a game, don't know what to do with them. All right, so you go uh, – Gronk, I'll stay with the Cavs and uh, go to Kyrie Irving. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to yeah. go Shady McCoy. Oh, I like that. A lot of shake. Go a lot, lot of wiggle. shake. Uh, wiggle can get on yep. and on. Yeah. And can really, you know, maybe doesn't wow you with the stats over the course of a season. But, man, every now and then you'll look down and you'll be like, Shady had 230 yards on the ground and 60 in the air and four touchdowns. Like that, to me, is Kyrie. No, I think Kyrie one-on-one score. So you talk about Shady McCoy being able to get on the perimeter and win those one-on-one battles with defensive backs in space. I'm I'm okay with that. He can okay. put it in. He can put it in the paint. I'm there we okay go. With Shady, you want to take Kevin Love? Kevin Love, because I feel like I got a good one for Kevin, Kevin Love. Love, Kevin Love to me is just kind of steady Eddie. He's always maligned, but he he gets rebounds. He is now settled into being a three point scorer. Who is someone? You ready? Yeah. Who you got? David Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson, because. When Kevin Love was on Minnesota, he was everything. Led in assists, <laughs> led in rebounds, led in points. David Johnson, that would almost be Led Bell like then. But see, I, it's it's not, and I guess maybe that's me discounting David Johnson's athleticism because obviously when you're a kick returner and a punt returner, you've got Supreme. He's a wide receiver in college. And a wide receiver, Supreme. But I just think I of somebody say. that fills every single stat he does, category. He does, he does stuff to stats. And he, and he is underrated. And based on how the right? Cardinals performed last year, he stuffed stats on a team that wasn't that was not good, just like Kevin Love in Minnesota all them years. My yeah, favorite. okay, Kevin, Kevin Love a top because remember when he was in Minnesota, that was the conversation. Kevin Love is a top ten player in the NBA, and it's like, well, he's playing in Minnesota. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's a really good player, and he can shoot, and he can rebound, and he is arguably the best passing big man. In the game, I mean, think of those home run passes. They, you know, the, the one that comes to mind, of course, is late in the regular season, that pass to LeBron that LeBron got all the credit for with, what, five-tenths of a second left on the shot clock, but it was a pinpoint pass. Anyway, so there's – you got anybody else from Kevin Love you want to uh... – No, nah, I'm, I'm good with Kevin Love. All right. Kevin Love. You want to start with Steph? Who's Steph? Steph, that means it has to be a long-distance score. So my long-distance score would be Deshaun Jackson. Like, little would you know, Deshaun Jackson – Behind Jerry Rice is the most prolific big play score in the National Football League in their history. He has 22 touchdowns of 60 yards or more. Right. Only Jerry Rice. How about that? Has one more. 23. How about that's crazy? Here's my stuff. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you talking about dropping, yeah. dropping I'm the, talking dropping about the hail marys? Those hail marys right everywhere. on point from all over the field. When you think a play is dead, it is not because Steph has got that ball. He's falling out of bounds, and that thing is going buzzer, right too, in right at, at the, the buzzer. Yeah. Like to me, that's that that's yeah. my uh, my Steph. The Steph uh, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. You want to take Durant? Durant uh, well, to me seems obvious, right? Who's obvious? I would say Julio Jones. You think so? So big, so fast. Good luck. He Makes a speed should size. not be that fast at that size. Should not have that level of athleticism for as big as he is. But man, is he smooth? I get that. He's fluid. Uh, I get you could maybe go AJ Green, or if you want, you know, Calvin Johnson. Even uh, though he just retired. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. I that. would assume that that's where you would look. I'm, for, I'm fine. I'm for fine. KD. I'm, I'm thinking the Draymond thing because the Draymond thing okay. is interesting to me. Big versatile. Uh, not. 
I won't call him big because I call him undersized. Undersized. Right. If you think yeah, about an right. undersized dominating player. Yes, and you think of Aaron Donald. Bang. To me, that to me is the Draymond Green. High motor and irritant. Yep. Kind of yep. gets in there. I, I think Aaron, yep, Aaron I am, Donald. That's exactly where I went with Draymond. Um, and then Clay. Clay is different because Clay's a different guy this year than he was last year. Last year, Splash Brother. I can't. Now he's, he's Clay to me. He's a second fiddle. Clay, Clay, Clay to Earth. me. And remember, in his prime. So take this player in his prime, Matt Forte. Do uh, everything. Okay. Do it because Clay, you know, underrated because he is their premier defender on Forte's the perimeter. underrated too, yeah. And the fact that Forte, he's not going to get you those, you know, 70, 80-yard breakaway runs, but you're going to look at the stat sheet. The guy's got nine catches for 60 yards. Take and, a you screen know, for a good 20 yards. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and not necessarily a touchdown guy, but everything in between. But see, that's not fair to Clay because that's a guy with a 60-point game on his resume. A guy that scored, what, 28 points in a quarter once? So he's got some explosion to him too. That's the tough one, I think. A fun little exercise. Uh, we forgetting anybody? J.R. Smith? Anybody want to take a J.R. Smith? See, like like I could say J- Deshaun Jackson for J.R. Smith, right? Because what do you say? J.R. is good for a 35-point game every now and then. Um, <coughs> has a bit of a you know personality that can rub some the wrong way, but teammates swear by it. Love playing with them. Um, all right. Zaza. <laughs> it's it's got to be uh, got to be Sue. He likes to. Likes there you to go, and Dominican Sue for yeah. Zaza. But Julie, I don't know if a Dominican's going to find you and slap you around, <laughs> Sully, for that. <laughs> All right, Bucky, you want to uh, wrap this thing up with some uh, some finals predictions? So the NBA finals start today. Cavs in six. Cavs in six. Why is that? Why so? Give me. I, I don't want you just throwing out a prediction. Give me your analysis of why the Cavs went in six. Oh, uh, because one, they're not afraid of. The Warriors, after beating them last year, coming off the mat from a 3-1 deficit, even though the Warriors have upgraded tremendously, obviously, with Kevin Durant coming over, I think they've actually weakened the part of the team that really made them different than the other versions of that team. That 73-win team, it was the strength in numbers, the backup unit that would create the separation where they would really blow teams out. This team is top-heavy. So their top four, I mean, is unmatched. You can't match those guys. But when they go to the bench, they don't have the ability to kind of create those spurts that they could in the past. With Cleveland, when you look at the moves that they made at the end, finding Deron Williams, kind of bringing him over, Cal Corver coming over, some of the other guys that are playing in the rotation with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, I believe their second unit is actually better than the Warriors' second unit. And then you have to deal with the LeBron James factor. LeBron can control the game if he decides to play bully ball. If they go back to playing bully ball like they did in the first version of the trilogy and at times the last three games of the second version when they won it, they can beat them because they can beat them up. They don't have an answer for trying to defend LeBron James in the paint. And And? Kyrie Irving gets excited when he sees Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is Christmas to him. I think he lights up, and he. But I think vice versa it. too. He sees Kyrie and Steph's like Christmas. That those two guys cancel each other. Neither of them. Uh, a little bit. Any defense. A little bit. Don't I mean, they're not going to play defense. Um, but I don't think Steph can hide. Normally, they can hide Steph. They can't hide him in this series yeah. per se. Um, I'm the exact opposite. I go uh, probably Warriors in five. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm with you. So disrespectful. And I'll I'm tell you why. Because don't be a fan. It, and this is where <laughs> the Warriors changed everything with the Durant signing. You know, remember last year when mm-hmm. when the the Cavs came back. It was when LeBron made that defensive adjustment. He started guarding Draymond, and because and then the Cavs switched. Every Draymond pick, LeBron switched to 
whoever he was picking for. So LeBron is now on Steph. LeBron is on Clay. LeBron, and he was able to shut them down and bully those smaller guys. And they weren't as worried about can't do that this year because now you got to pick. LeBron, are you gonna you gonna stick Kevin Durant? Because if you don't, we're screwed. Kevin Durant is going to go off on anybody else we try to have guard him. Kevin Love's not even going to play in this series. Like that, that that's the thing. Ah, uh, he's going to play. You watch. I bet I would not be surprised if he ends up not playing because you, you said you can't hide Steph. Unless they stick LeBron on Kevin Durant, and that's just his assignment, and now Kevin Love's got to deal with Draymond, and now Kevin Love's got to be the guy that picks up all those switches, or you're going to have defenders having to go under all those screens, and now you're getting burned. Now you're getting burned by Clay. So to me, that's that's where this and, and it's going to be a fun finals because it is so. Oh, I think strategic. it'll flip every game. I I I think this will be interesting. I think the I just one don't thing, think they have a solution for that. I don't. I, that, just, I don't think there's an answer. But I think here's the thing: who is going to cover LeBron for them? Well, it'll be Draymond. You know, it, it'll he, be see, Draymond is prone because Kevin Durant. You can you can stick him on Kevin Love, and you're fine. You know, you're fine. You so Draymond's on LeBron, Steph and Kyrie, like you said. Yeah, Kyrie's going to toast him. He'll wreck him. And you can put – I mean, the thing is, it, 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 there's no one-on-one matchups. It's all about switching, which is why I think the Cavs are now stuck in that spot because all the picks come from Draymond. And unless LeBron is going to guard him, mm. you now have to deal with those switches with Kevin Love. And that's where – and then if the other you put thing, Kevin Love on Durant, you're done. Durant goes for 35 a game. The other thing that the Cavs were able to do last year – they basically did like pickup ball. They made Harrison Barnes, Waldo, wherever you're there, bro, you, yeah. can have, you can have as many shots as you want. Yep. So Andre Iguodala, yeah. if he plays, in and the he's field, been playing terrible. That's he is that's only that's another eleven percent yeah, from three. That's the other issue. Ugh. How do you he how do you be, fit? But he see, might be self. You get extra rest. You know that's where the benches don't matter as much because you got you know Maybe, these guys yeah. have been off for eight nine days. You get it, two it, days between it's fa- games. It's fascinating. It is. It is a fascinating. See, there's a flip side to that. There's a flip side to the switch when you're talking about Cleveland, right? If they do decide to stay big and you got Tristan out there and you've got Kevin Love and LeBron, the Warriors switch everything, right? They always switch. So now you're running those pick and rolls and you just send Love down to the post, send LeBron down to the but post, that, that, send Tristan that, down to the post that, and just try to tire those guys out. That, no. See, that, that's going to that's, be the thing. Because, <laughs> to me, Cleveland can only win if they play what I call 80s basketball. That's ball. it. Exactly right. We're going to throw it inside, and we're going to get you in foul trouble. Yeah. Well, they're and, not going to outrun them. And, and we're just going to – And that's what they have to do. We're going to slow it down, and we're just going to feed the pig inside. And but that, that takes fake. Kyrie's game out of it now. That, you know, that that's does. That's the thing. Does, so now, now, the, now the pain is clogged because you're trying to tire – those, and that's <laughs> what they'll have to do. Um, I think Kyrie plays more with the second unit. When the second unit comes on the floor and they have kind of like the space unit out, I think he plays there, and you allow him to go more one-on-one yeah. with the shooters. You'll probably see more Shumpert in this series too just because of his size, trying to match him up with – like I wouldn't be surprised to see Shumpert out there guarding Kevin Durant. Then you could put LeBron on uh, Draymond, and you can do what you did last year. And the X Factor is J.R. Smith. Right. He decides to hit third, you know. But then because he's he's going to have Clay one. Thompson last year in that you know game against Oklahoma City when they were down what yeah. uh, in Game Six, and he's banging what fifty points out of nowhere, you it's, know. It's, and he's done nothing this postseason no, offensively. Nothing. Time, it's time, you know. Like yeah. he's he's got to step up now or never. Yeah, and that's and you know and that's where the whole bench thing comes into play. I mean, yeah, you've been conserving Curry's minutes and Durant's minutes for this. You know, this this is well, where you play to, those guys forty four minutes because they, you can. They they have to. So. I think I think they have to, yeah. and and 
The other thing, if Steve Kerr is not in the building, is Mike Brown capable of coming up with a solution? Is For, for whatever, the one right. thing that Steve Kerr has always been good at, when Memphis was able yeah, to slow Tony him down, Allen. you know what? We're going to flip the script. Tony Allen, script. you're wide open. We're playing four on five. Steve Kerr is a master adjuster, so can yeah. Mike Brown – find a way to come up with an adjustment. Well, and that's why I think, you know, for all, you know, as much as I, you know, as we like our predictions to be right, you know, I don't care. I'd rather be totally wrong and have a great, you know, finals because the playoffs have been terrible (laughs) thus far. Uh, I hope Cleveland wins game one. Like that, Cleveland wins tonight. I think that's where everything changes because now the pressure now they're free now they got to win four out of five games the pressure exactly the pressure changes and and everything changes and they pressure freaking out that is to me that is the beauty of the playoffs because the beauty of the playoffs was going to be oh san antonio came here they're about to blow the doors off i just wanted to see let's just see if they i'm with you play from yeah because everything has been i don't want to say easy but they've been playing down. Well, but remember last year they had to come back from three one to the, yes. the Thunder, and they needed that Clay Thompson. So they actually do. They're they're not. Oh, no, they they have, don't shrivel. I mean, no, they're they're they, fine. They have, they're they're good in the face of adversity. You just kind of want to see. That's what I want. I and want some adversity. You saw the Spurs too have them down by twenty five in, in game one, and they just yeah. Well, but I then Kawhi mean, Leonard Kawhi gets Leonard hurt. Got I mean, that, that, that was. But still, and, the, and they didn't and he got hurt with enough time for them to make. That's the thing. Now, I I would I would discount that because that's how good Kawhi is. I mean, he was on Kevin Durant completely took him out of the game. Anyway, all right. Anything else, Buck? Should I uh, sit in? Did I do okay? Uh, no, I'm going to oh, be invited great. back. All right, yeah. that's fine. Be that way. <laughs> uh, sitting in for Daniel Jeremiah, who, uh, again, is enjoying that aloha spirit on the fine island of Maui. Welcome <laughs> to Maui. And our – you think you got some mixed plate? You'll have to find out. Questions I want you to ask Daniel Jeremiah next week, Bucky. One, <laughs> did you get a mixed plate? Two, did you really go to a luau and how much money did you waste? And uh, three, did you regularly drive seven to nine miles per hour under the speed <laughs> limit? Because there is no better way to get into the Aloha spirit than to drive below the speed limit. Because that's what they all do. They got nowhere to go. <laughs> island time. Exactly. I'm an island time, man. I'm cruising. What's that say? 35? I'll go 28 and feel good about it. All right. Enjoyed it. Sully, uh, I would say good luck to your Vols, but I'm so tired of hearing you talk about the University yeah. of Tennessee. They're garbage. I could, uh, I could, I could dial it back a little bit just for you. Just a, just a recommendation. When yep. we say, when I say, hey, Bucky, are you going to head out and get that varsity burger and go to that new Mercedes Stadium in Atlanta? And you say, I am, but I'm going to be there on Monday. Guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody, Nobody cares, cares that there. you're going to be at the Nobody Georgia Tech-Tennessee game. Nobody cares. Trying to talk about Florida State-Alabama. Georgia. We'll, ta- we'll try to Georgia. take this on the road. Who, who's is that what it is? Isn't it Tennessee-Georgia Tech opening week? Yeah, yeah. Monday. Oh, that might be an ill. Because Georgia Tech is tough to prepare for. Darn right they are. Luckily, they got off, all offseason. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing yeah, Dave Wanstead talk about playing Georgia Tech. It's one of the funniest coach speeches I've ever heard. Let me tell you something. You go down there and you play Georgia Tech, I had to go into the pit hockey locker room and get out those pads and teach my guys. <laughs> They're going to cut you and put on those leg pads. He goes, I put goalie pads on my guys, and I just kept cutting them and cutting them. <laughs> That's what's going to happen out there. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, it's 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 – it's, it's a nasty, hard man. It's a war to prepare for. Yeah, and if you're a defensive lineman, it, it is a war out there. Here's here's the thing that I would I would do in Navy had Chip Kelly come in uh, last fall or during the spring during the spring actually, and he had worked with Tempo. Can you imagine playing a double wing or a triple option team that operates with Tempo? 
with to me yeah that is the next level stuff because if you can go fast playing that style well think about who kind of half stepped that it was Harbaugh when he went to Stanford and everybody's spread out and everybody's throwing it around and Harbaugh played to some degree with tempo downhill and punched you and nobody Nobody could figure it out for like a year and a half. They were like, what do we do about this? I mean, we're just – he's out here with eight offensive li- – three tight ends, five Hut. offensive linemen. Hut. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, uh, the, the T but, formation, but, but – But what it is, it is a, it is a cruel and slow, painful yes. death. It is, it is not what you want to necessarily get involved in. And on that note, I worked in a Stanford reference. <laughs> My job is complete, having sat in on the Move the Sticks podcast. All right, DJ will be back next week. I enjoyed it, Bucky. Got the band back together. Thank you, Sully. Uh, and remember, if you take nothing else away from this uh, conversation for the last 45 minutes, meundies.com slash NFL2017. Get 20% off that pair of underwear. And feel good about yourself. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.